More Than a Movie is back with season two. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's Rappaport's Reality Podcast. Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose podcast. This week, I talked to Orlando Bloom in a rare interview where we went deep into how to get comfortable with fear and how to change the guilt and shame thought pattern. People say, what are you afraid of, right? I'm afraid of fear because it's like, I want to confront anything in my life that feels challenging on those levels. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to the Hank Haney Podcast, a production of iHeartRadio. Welcome to the Hank Haney Podcast, and today on the Hank Haney Podcast, we are going to have uh, part two of my uh, interview with uh, Josh Gregory, who is one of the best coaches in golf. Josh actually played for me when I was a coach at Southern Methodist University, SMU. Yeah, this was way back when, and Josh went on to be a college coach himself. He coached Augusta State and won back-to-back national championships, if you can believe it, uh, back-to-back national championships at Augusta State, a school that uh, had uh, three-and-a-half scholarships when every other school in the country competing had four-and-a-half, a a school that had a, a, I don't know, a $30,000 budget when these other schools are half a million dollars. I mean, it's just pretty amazing when you, when you think about it, but it's, his his record is, is incredible. His record for helping uh, players is incredible. He works with a lot of touring pros now, a lot of up and coming players, players that are uh, trying to get on the, on the PGA tour. And of course his, uh, his star student or uh, is Patrick Reed who played for him uh, at, at Augusta state. And of course, Patrick, uh, well, they call him Captain America, but he's also uh, uh, the owner of a green jacket when he won the the, the Masters. And uh, Josh Gregory, that I, I know uh, the behind-the-scenes uh, workings of a coach. I know Josh has had a lot to do with a lot of players' success, so it's going to be a great, a great uh, opportunity for not only all of you listening but myself to um, learn something from one of the, the great coaches in the game of golf. Josh Gregory is joining us next uh, on the Hank Any Podcast. So, Josh, I appreciate you uh, joining me again on the the, the podcast. Uh, we uh, had such a good time the the first podcast. I had, we had to do it again because I, I got I got so much uh, stuff I, I got to talk to you about questions I need to ask you. I know it's it's a Sunday, so you're following all the uh, the, the the football. Uh, how, how are you looking on your picks? 
Um, I'm, I'm having a better afternoon than I did in the morning. Let's just put it that way. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you, you live in Dallas. You, you went to yes. school there at SMU. Uh, you're, you're a Cowboy fan. I mean, I, I, you're, you're a Cowboy huge watcher. Cowboy I know. Okay. Huge Cowboy fan. Yeah. I, I was even growing up. So this is, uh, this is pretty depressing. This year. Okay. So Steve, Steve Johnson, who, you know, Steve, the, I call oh, yeah. him, I call him the great predictor. He predicts nothing right, however, but, but, uh, <laughs> he is convinced that, uh, that Jason Garrett is the, is the whole, whole problem. Now, um, you know, you're, you're a coach, um, you know, you've been a successful coach, winning two national championships at Augusta State on the you know college level. Um, I always say though, there's there's two kinds of coaches: there's those that have been fired and those that are going to be fired. So it, it 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 you know, there's plenty of Hall of Fame coaches that have that have been been fired. Uh, but Steve is is convinced that this is the 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 whole thing is uh, you know is Jason Jason Garrett, but. I, I, I'm interested to see what, what your your take on, on that is. I, I guess you have to look at it, and 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 one thing that you've always been able to do, and I this is something that I I, I look at. I mean, obviously I I, I marvel at, at all successful coaches, but you really marvel at the ones that uh, help players overachieve. And I think you've 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 been able to to do that. But you know, I know it's a little off subject here. We're talking golf, but let's let's uh, g- give me your Cowboys assessment, coaching assessment, Jason Garrett. What, what do you what do you think the the issue is there? Well, I I think he probably should have been gone in 2013 when they went three straight years at eight and eight, and they had I think t- two of those three years they needed to win the final game to get in the playoffs and, and they couldn't get it done. And, and I think they, you know, you, you, li- you listen and you watch and I think they're roster wise, uh, one to 22, 11 on offense and 11 on defense. I, I don't really say, see how you could find a better roster, uh, you know, in the, in the NFL. And I think it comes down to they've lost too many games in the fi- final two minutes. They, 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 too many penalties, too many poor plays called in the red zone. And that to me is not player performance that, that that's, that's on the coaching. And, and I think, um, as you've always told me, you, you are what your results say you are. Yeah. Uh, and he's not making teams better. And it's something I pride myself in, whether, whether it's, uh, it's, it's something you can clearly evaluate in golf. Are they getting better? Yeah. Well, okay. So, so here's a, you, you, you watch, I mean, you're a, you're a keen observer of sports. You're a, you know, a successful coach. Um, professional football you know like i would say you know it's, it's easy to get rid of guys but you got to find somebody to, to to replace them too um college coaches professional coaches uh in in we're in football right now that you Correct. uh you admire who, who do you think the, the the cowboys go after i mean what's their what's what's the model coach that you like when you observe these when you observe coaches and other other sports like football what what, what observations do you make well, I think it, it, it's it's twofold. I think uh, one, when when you're in the position of what I, what I think um, is quite candidly, it's getting close to a rebuild. Uh, that's not a college coach's job. Uh, that's an established, respected NF, NFL coach. I mean, he, you know, my dream, of course, would be Sean Payton because I, I think he's he's just, you know outside of Belichick, he, he's he's the next best thing, and it's clearly been known that he he's would be interested in this job. Uh, everybody's going to mention Lincoln Riley. 
I, lo- I, I, I don't really have a college team I pull for. If anybody, I probably pull for OU because I, I've enjoyed watching them. I, I enjoy watching Lincoln Riley coach, but I don't think that's uh, that, that's the guy that comes into an organization like the Cowboys and, and gets it done. I could see Lincoln Riley going to a team, a, a, a young team, a, you know, drafting his own quarterback, going that style. But I think this this franchise needs a well respected coach uh, like a, like a Sean Payton that that could possibly. What about an Urban Meyer? What do you think about it? what do you what do you think about him? Ah, boy, he's been he's been really good at every level. Uh-huh. Uh, whether it was whether it was Bowling Green, U- Utah, Florida, or, or Ohio State, uh, he's been successful at every level. And I think he I think he he could have that discipline and, and command the respect of the player. So he could be a possibility. I think he's old enough and mature enough that he's handled different environments. A guy like Lincoln Riley, in my in my opinion, may maybe the the second coming, he might be the greatest coach ever, but I don't think he's been in enough environments uh, to handle that situation. Uh, Urban Meyer could be a top college style coach that could do it. Uh, let's face it, Jason Garrett doesn't have the respect of those players. He's a friend, he's a buddy, he's he's a whatever. Uh, but when you're in that locker room, there, there's just there's no way he's commanding the respect of those players because he doesn't have any skins on the wall. He's never been successful. Hmm. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's uh, it's probably probably a direction they're, they're going. All right, you let you led me into. Uh, something here and, you know, underachieving, overachieving, you've been able to, to, to overachieve. I mean, by most accounts, you wouldn't, you wouldn't think you're going to win back-to-back national championships at Augusta state um, competing against all the the big boys like that, but you are, you're able to do it. And you, and you, and, and even, you know, recently, I mean, I'm, I'm more aware than most at the success that you've had with guys that just come out of nowhere and, either win on the PGA Tour or get to the PGA Tour or have much more success on the PGA Tour. I mean, you're, you're, you're able to do it. Um, your star student is, is one that you had in college at Augusta State, Patrick Reed. Um, t- tell me, let's talk about him a little bit. What, uh, so far in his career, has he been an overachiever or an underachiever at a professional level? He would, of course, say under. Because he expect he expects to, to to win every event. Uh, in my in my opinion, I, I would say uh, slightly on the overachieving side. Uh, I think for a guy, you could write a documentary on how this guy prepares and how he works and how he practices uh, and his dedication to his craft. Uh, maybe not the most physically gifted, doesn't hit it the straightest, doesn't hit it the furthest. Uh, but if you look at his, his resume, his, not just his wins, you know, his, his cuts made his top 25s, his top tens, things that are to me are important. This, this, this young man is the ultimate grinder. Yeah, I agree. I was with him last year at, at the, uh, at the Byron Nelson, which they moved to, uh, Trinity Forest. And he was on the last hole and he was in 48th place. He had a three and a half foot putt that, it looked like it was the final putt that he made to win the Masters. <laughs> it, that putt, most guys would have been in his position, would have one-handed it, got on out of there, and didn't care. That putt defines who he is. It meant everything to him to make that putt as it does to win the Masters, and every single shot counts, and he values every single shot. And that's why uh, Patrick is terribly misunderstood. Uh, he's, he's a, he's, he, he may have said a few things that he he might've regretted, but whatever, but he is a true pro. He is very well respected out there. He's a great playing partner, uh, to play with plays fast. He doesn't complain. If he shoots 66, he shot 66. If he shot 73, it's, Hey, I got to go get better. 
Is he fun to coach? He's fun to coach because he challenges. He's very, he's very, uh, uh, he doesn't, he doesn't want to be BSed. He wants to know the truth. Uh, he wants to know, Hey, was that swing where we wanted or is it not? What did that put every single putt, every single chip, every single wedge, every <laughs> single bugger matters. And you better be on full grind when you're with him. I remember I called you and you told me, you said, when, when he says jump, you say how high, if you want to make it, make, make it in this career, you better work and you better work hard. And when you get a chance to deal with a player of that caliber, uh, you work hard and you better be on call. You better be ready to roll. And th- there's no looking at their phone. There's no checking Twitter. There's no watching games. I mean, you're working. And but uh, he treats you great. He, he he respects he respects what you do, and he respects work work ethic. And uh, that's what he demands out of himself, and that's what he demands out of people around him. And, and I'm okay with that. Yeah. Uh, it, it's it's why he's become the player he is. Uh, you know, I always, I, I've always looked at Patrick Reed and I thought, man, he he has something special. I mean, it's it seems to me like the easiest things to get are the improvements in technique. Um, you know, you can you can improve your practice routines and you know the, a lot of the stuff that that you work on as a as a, a performance coach. But it, it just, I've always thought, man, he possesses some of the stuff that you just, it's just, maybe you develop it. I'm sure you do over, over time. There's no doubt about it, but, but there's just certain things that you think, you know, you, you just either have it or you don't. And he, he has, he has those, those things. I mean, he is a, a grinder. I mean, he is not scared to compete. He, he can close the deal. I mean, I, I, you know, am I right on all my observations there? No, hundred percent. He, he's, uh, he wants the ball at the end of the game. Yeah. Period. He, he wants it on him. Uh, and I think that's, that's you know, when he wasn't able to play at the Ryder Cup. Uh, he, that's what he was so upset about. He wanted to play and he wanted to win. And, and he's, look at, look at my record. I, 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 <laughs> I mean, get, he I like, get, didn't you I see like 85 one round there, though? I mean, like he just played uh, horrible, but he still wants the ball, doesn't he? He didn't play that badly. That was very blown out of proportion. Uh, I mean, he didn't play well, but uh, Tiger wasn't on his game that would yeah, yeah. himself admittedly. And so it was, he didn't play well, but it wasn't, uh, it wasn't quite as far off as they made it out to be. But, uh, yes, he didn't, he didn't have his best that week, but what did he find a way to do? He won a singles match. He still hasn't been beaten in singles. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. That's a good point. Well, okay. So analyze his, analyze his game for me. You know, he, years ago when he, uh, won at Doral, I think it was, he said he's going to be, you know, he's top five in the world. He's going to be. And then when he wins the masters, you know, he, he wanted, really made it a point to, to that, you know, this is a long time over, you know, I should, oh, yeah. should have been here already. And, and it's not going to be my last major, um, but, but when you analyze his game and he's been pretty consistent in these areas, I mean, last year in his ball striking, a 39th uh, strokes gain tee to green, his approach shot 78th off the tee, 75th, 71st in, in, in driving distance, uh, 14th around the green. He's always been pretty good there. Uh, 44th in putting, you know, 23rd and three putt avoidance. I mean, these are a lot of statistics I look at. They're all good. Correct. Um, you know, you're going to make a lot of money. You're going to have an opportunity once in a while to, to win. And, but, but, but they're not, they're not statistics that are, are, are top five in the world. I mean, they're Correct. just, they're just, they're just not. I mean, you can't, yeah. you can't get to top five in the world. Uh, even, even if you're top five in the world as a competitor, which I certainly believe that he is, uh, you, you can't get to top five in the world with, with, with those statistics. What does he need to do to, to get to the next level? Well, I've always thought you either have to do one or two things super special 
you have to have the ability to, to drive it like a Dustin Johnson, or you have to have the ability uh, to, to, to putt it like Jordan, Jordan, Jordan Spieth that was in his prime or, or chip it like, or chip it like Jason, Jason, Jason Day did. I mean, he's probably the best chipper out there, but anyway, you either have to do one or two things really special, or you have to do in every area, you need to be in the top 30, top 40 to be, to be elite. You can't have a weakness. And I think something that he's always working on to try to get better and better. And he made some progress last year, uh, was driving the golf ball. Uh, when he, I've always told him since back in college, uh, and that's why I, he had a lot of cuts in college. Uh, when, when he cut the gun, that's candidly why he won the Masters. Uh, he cut it on a lot of holes that he'd always that he'd always get draws off of. He's a natural drawer of the golf ball. Uh, but I've always told him since college that when you get it you know, inside of 150 yards, nobody will beat you. Uh, so let's get the ball in the fairway. Uh, and I think that's something he's maturing as a player. He's learning to get the ball in the fairway a little bit more often, hitting a few more cuts off the tee, which is uh, giving him more looks because his iron, his short iron game is, 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 is pretty darn good. And, and there's, you know, I put him up against anybody because those stats are deceiving around the greens uh, because he puts it into places that not many people can get up and down. He's never, <laughs> he's never seen it. He, he's not a guy that's going to miss it on the fast side very often. Um, he's never seen a flag. He didn't think he could get, get at. And that's because he has a short game. Yeah. Uh, that's why he's not afraid to miss a green and he's going out there to win. He's not playing to make cuts. He's playing to win. Uh, so, um, I think that's something over time that he will, he will, the ball striking will continue to get better. Uh, I think his patience level and understanding of when he's got it, uh, after those first few holes pedal down when he doesn't have it, let's, let's back a little bit and let's learn to, to cause he usually maybe will. Maybe we'll just have one, 172, 171, 173, somewhere, one score in there that may just keep him from, from winning. Uh, but that guy's Sunday stroke average is pretty impressive. Uh, they got backdoor top 10s, backdoor top 20s uh, more than anybody because he, he loves to compete. And uh, I just think over time, uh, when he continues to drive the golf ball better, uh, he will contend more and more, and especially in majors. He looks like he's he's you know he always looks like in the past when he um, would get off he would he would aim way right and then you know he's he's just got to pull the ball back in the fairway somehow or pull or pull hook it or whatever he he doesn't look like he's doing that as much as as he as he used to am I correct there That's a goal of ours we're constantly on him about that and learning to aim a little bit better he's always going to be right aim uh, but if you're going to aim right you better swing right. Uh, you can't aim right and swing left, uh, and that's that's where the, the pulls come in. And so he's uh, he that it's just hard for him to do. He's a draw, uh, but there's been a lot of guys that uh, that out of the golf ball have aimed way left. Uh, he he can take it to an extreme a little bit when he aims right, and that's that's slowly getting 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 better and better. So that's something that uh, he it's definitely a priority. What's the uh, what's the deal with him and is Captain America? He just he just <laughs> loves the the Ryder Cup, the President's Cup. Uh, what 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 do you what? How do you analyze that? He just likes to take the last shot. He likes to be in pressure situations. That's the whole deal. Pretty much, he loves the ball. Uh, he loves the one on one matchups. Uh, ever since college, when he went six and zero in back to back in NCAs, he hasn't been beaten in singles in the Ryder Cup and President's Cup. Uh, he just he just loves that. He loves the me against you mentality. I want to go out and try to beat your brains out. Uh, and that's that's just that's just who he is. Uh, he loves that. I honestly have uh, tried to encourage him to do that more when he's playing stroke play, uh, to pick out somebody in his group and, and to try to beat him. 
<laughs> it may sound dumb, yeah. but that, that's how, how he's wired. He's wired to, to, to do that. He can be a little confrontational. Uh, he wants to try to, he just wants to try to beat you, period. Will he win another major? 100%. Yeah. No doubt. Yeah. He'll win. What, what, are, what are his best chances? Um, I, I always think, uh, the mat, the master should be great for him. It, it, it is a drawers golf course, but he, but he's learned, learned how to fade it on a few of the holes that, uh, give, make the fairway a little bit bigger for him. And his imagination is so good around the greens. That's why he'll, he'll always have uh, a chance there. Uh, I think he can win a British open. I think that's mm-hmm. his next best, uh, because of his imagination, his ability to hit flighted draws. Uh, and as you know, into the wind, flighted draws are, are, are pretty tough to beat. Um, and I think his imagination around the greens will help him there. Uh, so I, I think those are his probably his two best chances. Honestly, though, with the with the U.S. Open going to a lot of big boy modern golf courses, the 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 Aaron Hills, the 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 Chambers Bay, the Pinehurst, the uh, Pebble Beach. Those that's uh, not a modern golf course, but you know where I'm going. Not the traditional yeah, yeah, ring foot Shinnecock type plays. Uh, those golf courses play into his hands as well. So, hmm. and, and you never know with the PGA cause it's just, it's just a PGA tour event, you know? Right. 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 Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, uh, the, some players on tour are obviously more into it than other players like, you know, Brooks Kepka. I don't know if it's a, an act or whatever, but you know, he'll even go out there and say, I don't even really like golf or when I'm at home, I don't play golf or whatever. Uh, Patrick Reed looks like he's just uh, totally into it. Is that is, is that about the way it is? Yeah, he there there's there are no day very no it's a strong word, but there's very few days off for him. And and you know, I don't, I don't buy the Brooks Kepka stuff or the guys that say I don't like playing because you can't get to that level without working. And, and first of all, even if that that is the case, that's a bad thing to say to the future of the game. Uh, but I, I, Patrick's situation is uh, that kid works. He earns everything he gets and. Uh, there's many a time I've gotten a call when he finishes a tournament on Sunday, wanting to meet on Monday, ready to go again. Uh, so it's a, <laughs> wow. it's a, it's a privilege to be around somebody l- like him. And, and I can promise you, I, I've learned uh, more from him than he's probably learned from me. Hmm. Great stuff. Great stuff. All right, let's take a little break and we'll uh, hear from our sponsors and we'll be right back with Josh Gregory on the Hank Any podcast. When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia, movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details. More Than a Movie is back with season two of the award-winning film podcast, and this time with a lot more movies. I'm your host, Alex Fumero, and each week I'm going to talk to the people behind some of my favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the OG spy kid, Alexa Penavega. You had Carlo Gugino, who's the coolest mom ever. You had Antonio, who's handsome, amazing, charismatic. And then Carmen and Juni. I felt like a lot of other kids felt like this could be me. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Every episode will feature interviews with the biggest actors, directors, writers, and producers behind your favorite films and tap into the history of Latinos in film. Listen to More Than a Movie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey! 
I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose podcast. On Purpose is dedicated to helping you be happier, healthier, and more healed. This week, I talked to Orlando Bloom in a rare interview where we went deep into how he got comfortable with fear, navigating the changes in relationships, and how to change the guilt and shame thought pattern. This conversation shows a never-seen-before side to Orlando Bloom and his unique life journey. I think we all struggle sometimes to really deeply believe that we are enough, that we're valued, that we're valuable. You know, we're imprinted by our parents from the age of zero to seven, right? Mm. I'm constantly trying to go like, how do I detach from my from this idea of what do, is that? Is that my baggage? I look like my baggage. I mean, I know. Oh, okay, that's mine. Let's unpack that. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, so Josh, um, you know, you mentioned Kepka, and, um, you know, he talks about how he doesn't like golf. Well, you know, I, I don't really know what to think about him. You know, he said he doesn't even practice when he's at home. Then he got his knee surgery, and then he decided, and then he comes out and says, well, now I can practice, and I'm thinking, well, I'm confused. I thought you didn't like to practice. That's why you didn't practice. Now you're practicing, you know, you didn't practice before because your knee um, but uh, clearly he's, he's an incredible player. I mean, is he the best player in the world? I think he's the best clutch player in the world. Okay. He's proven that, uh, uh, got the ability to pull it off. Uh, I think Roy McIlroy has got the most complete game. Uh, I think he's the best player. Uh, I, I, you sometimes kind of wonder where his head is and some of the <laughs> decisions and some of what, what he does. But I think as far as from a, uh, a talent standpoint, uh, an all around game standpoint, um, he, he, he's, he's the one that would, would scare me the most that looks like he could win any tournament he played by 10 shots. Yeah. Um, yeah. He looks like he's, he's the closest to what, what tiger was and who knows what maybe may, I don't tiger will never, well, I mean, who knows? I, I hope tiger but uh, it can become what he was is the greatest would be the greatest for the game, but he's the closest to, in my opinion, to doing things to what that tiger could actually do actually just run away from fields. Yeah. Give me your thoughts on some other players. You spent 30 weeks a year on the, on the, on the PGA tour. Uh, talk about uh, Bryson DeChambeau. He, he played for you at SMU. Yeah. Um, give me your thoughts on him. Fascinating. He probably has challenged me. Uh, you know, when I coached him in college, more as more as a as a coach than anybody else because he he is so different and he does uh, do things so differently and is so steadfast in his way. That's that's what makes him great. He is his, his conviction for what he be, believes in, what he does, is, is stronger than anybody I've ever seen. And uh, you know, I think if he can stay out of his own way a little bit and, and quit experimenting, quit trying to be scientists all the time, although that's who he is, he's he's, he's doing it for the right reasons because he's searching for ways to get better. Uh, but I think if he can truly just focus on being the best golfer he can be. Um, He'll be a top ten player for for a long a long time to come because uh, his ball striking is is really really impressive. Uh, wedge play is continuing to be something that he will uh, you know when you're hitting wedges with a six iron it can sometimes be a little difficult. <laughs> yeah, we're we, we talk about that. What I mean, it's six six iron length anyway. Um, he's got the one one length clubs. I mean, what uh, you're not sold on that. Well, I, I I wouldn't go that far, but I'll, I'll give the kid credit. So when I when I coached him in college. Uh, 
he, he gave me a very cool compliment. He was being recruited by UCLA and Stanford and a few others. And that was when I first took over at SMU and the team wasn't, wasn't really any very good. And, and he chose to come play for, for me. And I asked him, you know, why did you do this? I mean, you had all these other great offers and he said, you were the only coach that would let me be me, hmm. uh, which meant that I never, I never doubted. I mean, you know, I had several, several coaches say, why would you want that kid? He, you know, he's, and he's going to be difficult, difficult to deal with his one length clubs, all that. And I said, man, he shoots 68 every time he plays. And he has a 4.0 <laughs> in the classroom. I can coach that. That's pretty easy to coach. I just got to get him to the T on time. Uh, but he, the best part about, about Bryson, um, was that he, he's searching. You always search for ways to get better. And when I approached him one time and one time only about going to shorter wedges, um, because I knew I would lose his credibility if I ever, you know, discredited what he believed in. And so I gave him two short wedges and I said, tomorrow we're going to go out. I just want you, we're going to do some wedge drills, some chipping drills and just see if yours win, if you feel better with yours, you then we'll go with that. But let's give this a try. Well, he called me about 1230 in the morning uh, that night. I was dead, dead asleep, of course. And I see his name and I'm like, but that's what I do. I answer the phone Yeah, because we obviously needed something. And he said, coach, I can't do it. He said, I got to stick to, I got to stick to what I'm doing. And I said, fine. Well, then I said, all right, we'll meet me tomorrow at the short game area. And we're going to learn to hit bunker shots with, with your, with your six irons here. Uh, but and so, and I'll be darned if he didn't figure it out. He learned that, you know, we had to, we had to work on our understanding that if you're going to have clubs that are that long, we have to learn how to lower the handle. We have to learn how to stand further away from it. Just learn how to hit shots. And it wasn't necessarily what I thought was maybe best, but you know what? Uh, he figured it out and he's still continuing to figure it out. And, um, I, I give him credit for that. So mm. that, that's one of the, as, as you well know, uh, the power of belief will, will, will usually trump in anything else you have. And, and that's what, that's what he has. He has belief and he believes in his ways and, uh, he's not going to let any, anybody, anybody deter him from that. Is he as slow at playing as his reputation says? No, not at all. Uh, he's not fast by any stretch, nor, nor is most of the tour. Uh, but I mean, he, he, he's, he's very he know he knows the numbers he knows uh, i was i was at medina this year at the uh second leg of the playoffs and that was right when he was lashing back out at everybody and I, uh, about his slow play and i pulled him aside and just as his friend and you know i'm not his coach anymore but just trying to mentor him still and i pulled him aside to bryson and I said man just just keep your mouth shut you're not going to win these arguments with the media you're not going to win the art just your goal is to become the best player in the world just just quit talking just quit talking, and uh, he didn't listen very well because he kept going on and on and got him a little more trouble. But I at least went down swinging. But no, he, I mean he's he's done the research. He knows the numbers. The number the tour produces numbers that shows the average time uh, that everybody takes over the golf ball, and he's well under he's well under the limit. But yeah, does does he have a tendency at, at times? But you know what? When you're when you're when you're coming down the stretch, you're under the gun. You're trying to win a golf tournament. Does it really matter in the grand scheme of things? There's yeah. never been a tournament. There's never been a tournament that hasn't finished on Sunday unless there's been bad weather. Right. Right. Now, right. just should everybody play by the same rules? Of course they should. But you know, that they, they do they they you know simply if they're gonna do it, they need to penalize it. They they need to penalize people, they need to enforce it. Fines don't matter. These guys make so much money, it doesn't matter. Uh, let's let's penalize, and that's the only way you're ever going to do things. But in the grand scheme of things, unless it's just so egregious, you know, what are we really worried about? Yeah, yeah. Well, it's, they don't seem to be too worried about it on the PGA Tour. Uh, no, g- give me your give me your thoughts on some of these these uh, younger players that are you know right there at near the top: John Rahm, uh, Justin Thomas, Patrick Cantley, Xander Shoffley. 
uh, you know, they're, they're all great players. They've established themselves. I mean, do, do, which, which one of those guys stands out for, for, for you? Uh, I think the one that will, will surprise a lot of them that will, that will really rise to the top will be Patrick Cantley. Really? That group. Uh, yeah, I think this, I, I I'm, um, Maybe I'm a little biased. I'm good friends with his coach, Jamie Mulligan, uh, who, who's real, uh, been a very successful coach. But I, but I love his demeanor. He's got the same, you know, mentality as a Patrick Reeve want, wants to beat you badly. Doesn't really care about making a ton of friends out there. Just sticks to his work, stays quiet, uh, works as hard as anybody. But this this guy doesn't have a weakness. Uh, I, I think he will. He has he has the game that can win win majors. Um, you know, do, does he have the resume yet? It's a Justin Thomas or John Rom. No, uh, he, he doesn't. Uh, but I think he's the next one of that of that group that uh, can be can win a FedEx Cup, uh, can win majors, can do things along those lines because he, he doesn't he doesn't have a weakness. Is distance too important on the PGA Tour now? Do you think? Well, you can't build golf courses long enough. I mean, it, it doesn't matter they, it, whether it's seventy. Uh, but my my only theory, you know, to to back that up is, is or or to say that. It doesn't really matter. Is they shoot twenty under whether they play at Harbor Town uh, or whether they they play at Medina this year. Good point. Medina. I mean, I, I go out there every week. When I'm out there every week, I'll call my friends or text my friends or whatever, and I just say, man, I just can't see that. I mean, I, these guys are just so good. How do they possibly shoot these scores? Because you'll walk around the practice round, and granted, every practice round, the tees on the back of every tee box, the rough is usually at its highest on Wednesday, uh, with the exception of majors. They'll keep letting it grow, but a lot of times they cut it down. They uh, they move tees up, so the tournament always plays easier. But it doesn't matter. They shoot the 20, 20 under wins, whether it, whether it's Colonial, whether it's Harbor Town, uh, or whether it's Medina. I mean, Medina is was seventy six or seven hundred yards and soft. Now, again, soft greens is the ultimate is the ultimate for those players. You give them soft greens, it doesn't matter. They're just gonna, they're going to throw darts. It doesn't matter with a four iron or a wedge. Uh, but length, it just doesn't. You know, I, you still see guys that win. You still see guy. I mean, Kevin Nas won three times in the last year. Yeah, doesn't hit it very far. So uh, you still got to have the ability, ability to just to, to score the ball. Um, you got to have the ability to get it in the hole. So uh, th- there's no doubt. You still you give me one category. You give me total driving. Uh, I'll take that. I'll take leading it. You know, other, other than money and tournaments, one that's the one stat I would want to lead in total driving. That's the one, huh? That, the one. Like that and, and and total driving. What what uh, that that's your number one stat. It, it, maybe that's my bias because I could never drive it. <laughs> yeah. Okay. But that's so it's a little bit of mine. But but I I ultimately I just think if if you can drive it far and you can and you can and you can drive it straight, it, it's it's pretty hard to mess to mess up from there. Stats will show approach to green is is the number is the number one determining factor of, of who usually wins or competes. Personal bias, I, I would say total driving is is, pre, is pretty hard to beat. Uh, fairways are, are fairways hit is is really becoming irrelevant. Uh, these days with as far as these guys hit it, um, especially, especially if you can hit it in that 310, 320 range, fairways don't right. really matter. You hit it 280, you better hit fairways. You know, you know, I was, I mean, I, I obviously coached Tiger for, you know, uh, for years and, and it was during the most prolific time in his career. But it was, it's, it's kind of when that whole thing changed, like everybody used to keep track of, of fairways hit. And when I was coaching Tiger, they would say, well, you know, his, his percentage of fairways is going down, you know, and Hank Haney's coaching them. And they, you know, I would say they'd, they'd love to criticize me for that. Uh, meanwhile, he's winning 45% of his <laughs> tournaments, top 10, 85% of the time. But, but anyway, they, they would. Not that you were, were critic- keeping score. 
Yeah, not that I was keeping score, <laughs> but they they would uh, they would criticize me for that. And um, but then when then the the new statistics you know come out and it, and it's uh, you know the um, strokes gained uh, you know off the tee and and tee to green and and strokes gained approach out to green all the strokes gained statistics Mark Brody statistics which are great and uh you know i look back now at, at some of the the years like when people were talking about tiger's driving and like 2006 2007 2008 he was like like fifth and fourth and eighth or something in in, in strokes gained off the tee when which which proves your point i mean if you're if you're long enough and it doesn't really matter necessarily if you hit the fairways. You just have to hit key fairways. I mean, you know, certain holes like par, you know, par fives or whatever, or, or long par fours. You know, if you hit the right fairways, and you can miss the other ones, and then and then you have to keep the ball in play. I mean, Tiger didn't take penalty shots, but then you know, the last few years he's he's been very prone to taking taking penalties. That was a difference. He just never took penalty shots. I mean, they'd say he'd hit a bad shot, but. I mean, if you if you hit it 320 yards and you don't ever take a penalty shot, you know, and you and you hit a few key fairways, boy, you could that'll get the job done, won't it? Well, and especially, and I think what what you tried to to do with him is all good great players do. You 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 you're, you're eliminating as, as your book says the big miss, but you're yeah. also eliminating. You're trying to eliminate one side of the golf course. And correct me if I'm wrong, but you were trying to eliminate left. Yeah, definitely. For the most yep. part, yep. And, yep. and I think most great players, you know, right-handed players, are trying trying to eliminate left. So I think I I think a stat that's way more way more important is you know proximity from edge of fairway and miss fairways. You know, your percentage missed right and left. When you see guys that are missing, you know, seventeen eighteen percent on the right and seventeen eighteen percent on the left, then I think you have a problem. Uh, I would rather see it be missed, you know, 25% on one side and, and 10% on the other side. Ah, okay. Uh, I think that's a very key stat that I don't think enough look at. And because when you, when you can always know that your ball is going to be working away from that one spot, you have a way, a much better chance of be of, of being more aggressive, hitting more fairways, but all, but un, again, understand where your miss is going to be and, and not taking penalty shots. And so that's something that, you know, trying to instill in my guys, you using enough stats, but knowing how to apply those stats, uh, you know, strokes gained has been a wonderful thing for, for coaches like myself, but it can still be very misleading. Uh, you know, for example, strokes, strokes gained around the green, that doesn't take into account what kind of lie you had. Mm, good point. You could be in, into the green, down grain. You could be in some mud. You could be whatever. Uh, the, the biggest thing that I've always said, strokes gained putting. Uh, I think one day they'll figure this out. And I'm sure if anybody will, Mark Brody will, and they probably will with all the new green design books and everything, uh, is that that six footer that's breaking a foot and a half downhill left to right, rolling a 15 at Augusta. That miss counts the same as a six-footer right center out in the desert when the greens mm. are perfect. So you don't really know, and that's why I like to watch a lot of golf because it'd be very easy to sit at home and look at those stats and say, "Well, you missed three six-footers today." Well, those six-footers, maybe, maybe you chipped it to the wrong side of the hole. Maybe you know those are things that strokes gained don't really tell the whole picture. Good so point. That's, Good that's point. where, as a coach, we have to decipher through those. And really speak to our players and under and understand, and, and that's why I watch a lot of golf and why I spend a lot of Thursdays and Fridays and weekends out there because I learn way more uh, when I'm watching than I, than I do on the range or on the practice facility here in Dallas or practice facility at, at a tournament because those are those are game time situations and I can look at them and say, hey, what, you know, you're trying to hit a cut off this tee. Why are we on the left side of the tee box? You're trying yeah, to draw yeah. here. Why are we on the right side? 
why, you know, what, what were you thinking there with that layup versus going forward or whatever the heck the situation may be. That to me is what's coaching. And I think that's where, um, I think my players really like that. They, they get feedback, they get, you know, constructive criticism. They know that I'm in it, um, for them just as hard as they are. And so they're getting, they're getting true coaching. They're not just getting, uh, you know, Hey, your spin, your spin right there with your driver was, was, was yeah. 300. Let's get it to 21. You know, it's, it's amazing how many, you know, I mean, the players are so great, but it's amazing how just some of the little things, like you were saying, like what, what side do you tee off on? I, I remember when I was out with Tiger one day and it, we were just, you know, playing a, a practice round at Isleworth and he, he drove it in the left bunker on, I think it was the, the seventh hole. And he's all bent out of shape that he hit the ball in the left bunker. And, you know, I mean, and, and, and he wanted to know what he did wrong and, you know, da, 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 da. and of course, you know, that's that's the pressure when a guy hits a ball, you know, <laughs> five yards offline and, you know, two seconds later, you got to come up with the exact reason at, you know, 320 yards, why to go five yards to the left. But, but. Uh, and none of us and, are that good. And that machine's not even that good. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, but, you know, and I, I remember one day I told him, I, I, I said, Tyre, you know, I, I know that wasn't the best swing. I know you, you know, missed the shot and everything. But I said, you're teeing off on the right hand side of the tee. I said, if you would have teed off on the left hand side of the tee on this hole, that ball's not in the bunker. Gives you 15 more yards fairway or whatever. Yeah. And, 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 you know, it was, it, you know, he looked at me like, you know, it's just tell me what's wrong with the swing, you know, but, but, uh, but anyway, it, it's, it's, it's a, well, it's a good, I think, good point. I, I think that's where I found my niche. And that, I think that's the best way to describe what I what I do is is, is coach is performance based. Yes, Esther's practice plans involved, but it's overall coaching uh, of your golf game and your development and, and your performance. And if we can save a guy a quarter of a shot a day, uh, that's one shot a tournament, and that might be a million dollars for the year. Yeah, uh, yeah and, and that's, that's where the t. Hey, why did why did you use fifty? You know, four out of that bunker instead of sixty or sixty out of fifty four? What? Therefore, you're constantly learning. You're constantly reinforcing, walking around in practice practice rounds, deciding what we're going to hit off these tees. We have a plan for it. Hey, man, you missed the fairway in the right rough there, but have we been on the right side of the tee box? That, that ball's in the fairway. Yeah. Uh, little things like that. We get like, again. We these guys are so talented and they're so good, but they still need coaching. That as Larry Brown, who's a as a dear friend of mine, uh, and I asked him when he was coaching at S at SMU. I said, Coach, I said, tell me the biggest difference. Um, between coaching college basketball and, and coaching in the NBA. And I said, man, it's got to be those guys in the NBA just don't want to listen at all. And he looked at me dead in the eye and said, Josh, that's total opposite. Uh, he said, honestly, the, the, the best players, he said, I've been around Jordan. Uh, I've coached Allen Iverson forever, was around David Robinson. The best, the best players always want to be coached. And hmm. you know that from being around Tiger. Uh, yeah. From, I know that from being around the players that I help. The guys that want to get better want to be coached. Charles Howe wants to be coached. He knows how to finish 10th to 20th. He wants to learn a little bit more to win. And that's yeah. what the best do. The guys that are afraid to be coached are the ones not getting better. Oh, man. This is great stuff. Great stuff. All right. Let's take a, take a little uh, short break. Uh, hear from our, our sponsors. We'll be right back with Josh Gregory on the Hank Any Podcast. When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia, movement that inspires. 
Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details. More Than a Movie is back with Season 2 of the award-winning film podcast, and this time with a lot more movies. I'm your host, Alex Fumero, and each week I'm going to talk to the people behind some of my favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the OG spy kid, Alexa Penavega. You had Carlo Gugino, who's the coolest mom ever. You had Antonio, who's handsome, amazing, charismatic. And then Carmen and Juni. I felt like a lot of other kids felt like this could be me. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Every episode will feature interviews with the biggest actors, directors, writers, and producers behind your favorite films and tap into the history of Latinos in film. Listen to More Than a Movie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose Podcast. On Purpose is dedicated to helping you be happier, healthier, and more healed. This week, I talked to Orlando Bloom in a rare interview where we went deep into how he got comfortable with fear, navigating the changes in relationships, and how to change the guilt and shame thought pattern. This conversation shows a never-seen-before side to Orlando Bloom and his unique life journey. I think we all struggle sometimes to really deeply believe that we are enough that we're valued, that we're valuable. You know, we're imprinted by our parents from the age of zero to seven, right? Mm. I'm constantly trying to go like, how do I detach from my, from this idea of what, do, is, that, is that my baggage? I look like my baggage. I mean, I know, oh, okay, that's mine. Let's unpack that. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, Josh. I mean, man alive, you're giving uh, us so much good good stuff uh, over these uh, two podcasts. Um, okay, the, you're you're on tour thirty weeks a year, coaching right. coaching all the all these guys. What? Tell me what what your what does a daily routine look like for for you? Are you watching <laughs> each guy a little bit? Um, are you are you working your way around? Are you meeting guys? I mean, you got a lot of lot a lot of uh, plates to juggle here. What? Tell me how you do it. Well, that's the biggest stress is, is trying to give is usually the, the night before is when I don't I don't sleep very well because I'm trying to figure out how how to how to make sure everybody gets enough, enough time and, and how uh, how we can what, what does each each individual need and so. Usually at, at most events, there'll be anywhere from five, you know, I may coach eight players, but for the most part, anywhere from four to six are going to be at the same, same event. Uh, some guys like more on the road, some guys like less on the road. So I kind of know that going in, but uh, my, my goal is to try to spend, you know, hour, hour and a half, at least with, you know, with everybody, with each person uh, every day. Sometimes it's more than that. Some, you know, uh, it really helps when guys like to go early and when guys like to go late. Uh, most of everybody wants to practice from nine to three. So that's when my job gets really tough trying to balance out those times. But, uh, I'm fortunate a guy like Charles Howell, he wants to tee off at six 30 every Tuesday morning. So that makes it pretty easy. I've got other guys <laughs> who, who, who practice, who want to practice, uh, late just cause they don't want to deal with the crowds and they don't want to deal with, with all the other players on the range. So, you know, that makes long days, 
but that honestly makes my job easier. So it's it's uh, usually sun up to sundown, and, and um, as you as you said when you were a college coach, we were the last one to to leave leave the practice facility, and that's um, kind of what I try to pride myself in is I'm going to be the one of the first there and one and one of the last uh, to leave. And uh, so two, Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesdays are are, are very tough, very demanding, uh, but that, those are fun to me. It's fun seeing guys. Uh, get better but most importantly those, those days uh, reinforce a little bit of technique but spending most of most of my time around the short game area making sure they're doing their drills making sure they're doing their games you know if there's a particular shot if, if, if that that week there's going to be you know more into the grain shots showing them some specialty shots how to hit certain shots making sure they're prepared for shots that they're going to have on the golf course uh, you know if you're at a Muirfield village where you're going to have deep bunkers you know, learning, learning out, you know, let's make sure we've got that shot down. So trying to understand what each golf course, what is needed at each course to prepare uh, the best for that reinforcing technique, making sure they're, they're covering all their bases and telling them how good they are. You know, you, you've, you've talked about uh, how you, you were surprised at certain things on the, on the PGA tour. Um, when you are, are out there and you're observing all the, the players that are out there, not just the players you coach, but any, any player, you don't have to call them out by name, but, but, but give me, give me, um, some, some things that, that just make you shake your head when you, when you're a performance coach like you are and you're used to getting, yeah. you know, helping players overachieve and, and you, you see guys doing, doing certain things on the practice tee or before round or after round or during, or during the round, whatever, just, just give me, give me some examples. You don't have to call out names, but no, give me no, some no, examples. I no. wouldn't, wouldn't do that. Cause they, they, they are trying to do their best. Uh, and, and, but I think you see the, the things I see uh, on the golf course during practice rounds that baffle me is, is I see way too many shots being hit. Uh, it, it baffles me when I see a guy hit a ball in the fairway and then he wants to hit another ball. Right. I'm thinking, why would we ever want to take the chance of of of, of ingraining a bad thought? <laughs> Maybe that's a negative. <laughs> why way do they do that? For the, for the most part, there's two things you're trying to figure out in a practice round. You're trying to figure out what club are we going to hit off the tee, and then we're trying to get to the get to the the putting green as get to the green as fast as we can, so therefore we can spend the majority of our time chipping and putting to each whole, whole location. You know, learn, learning, learning where to miss, where not to miss, things like that. It, it, so it baffles me when I see guys turn the turn the golf course into a driving range. Yeah. Uh, when they hit too many shots and they're not spending the time where they really need it. And then second of all, you know, around the greens, I see them only putt to the flag. They work on their three and four footers around the flag. They putt to the hole, and I'm like, oh, the hole's never going to be there. I mean, what, why, why are we why, why are we putting to this position? It is that that's irrelevant. Let's learn. We're, our job is to learn the green. I would much rather see guys go out with a wedge and a putter late in the day, especially if they've seen the golf course before uh, and play not and just go around nine holes and do and doing that and, and really learning uh, that. So th- those are things on the golf course that I see that, that kind of baffle me or, or I wish, hey, man, I could, I could really help that out. Yeah. Uh, but second of all, you know, when you see guys on the pr- practice facility and it's just pure technique, I mean, it's, 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 uh, they're, they're essentially give, giving themselves or their coaches is giving them a full lesson, um, you know, every single week. And it's, it's, very technical. It's very, you know, track man based. It's, it's looking at numbers. I mean, this can be on a Wednesday afternoon when we got to tee it up Thursday and mm-hmm. trust me, there's times that that is needed. Uh, but at that point it's time to prepare and it's time to hit shots. It's time to, uh, to get better or, or they go to the putting green and they spend 45 minutes putting, but all they do is they sit on a Pell's pooter or they sit on a putty, uh, a putting arc and they just hit putt after putt after putt after putt ingraining technique. And, uh, I just think that's where guys, you know, that 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 should be done at home, and that should be done on the road at some times. 
but you got to be doing the other things as well. You've got to be doing your make drills. You've got to be doing your pay stuff. So just the, uh, those, those are the things that, uh, that, that baffle me as a coach, but I'm, I'm thankful that they are, there are guys out there because otherwise I may not have a job. Yeah. Well, there you go. There you go. Good stuff. Josh, this has been so good. It's been incredible having you on the podcast. I know uh, people are going to learn a lot from listening to you. And if somebody wants to get in touch, touch with you and uh, maybe get a chance to work with you or, or uh, pick your brain or whatever, uh, how, how do they, how they, I mean, can, can people come and take a lesson from you? Oh yes. I'm fortunate that at, that at Merido, I'm allowed to teach, uh, uh, you know, non-members. I, I don't work with a lot of players. I only, I only work with a, with a, with a total of about 20 players total that are, that are either at a, you know, high level of junior golf, uh, college golf, or professional golf. But at the same time, I'm, I'm always doing, you know, you know, or, or try, trying to incorporate, you know, daily lessons, hourly lessons, half day lessons, thing, things like that, uh, to help people, uh, get better because that's something that, that I enjoy doing. And I think, uh, my views of practice, the way I have guys do things can work if you're a 20 handicapper or work if you're one of the best in the world. So, uh, I'm at Merido Golf Club in, in Dallas, Texas. Uh, my, my email address is Josh A Gregory 63 at gmail.com or, or on Twitter at Josh Gregory Golf. So those are the two best ways to, to reach me. And I'm, I'm happy, uh, to help anybody you know, via email, whatever, whatever I can do to help their game be better. Josh, it's great, but I appreciate you uh, spending this time. Uh, I wish you the best of luck. I'm proud of you, and uh, keep up the good work. I appreciate it, but thanks so much for all your help and support and advice. All right, all right, Josh Gregory. Uh, what a great, what a great podcast. Thanks so much for being with us. Thanks for tuning into the Hank Haney podcast. Listen, follow, rate, and share on iTunes, on the iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. And you can make your thoughts and questions heard by emailing the show at hankhaneygoff at outlook.com. And you can also tweet me directly by sending your tweets to at Hank Haney on Twitter. The Hank Haney Podcast is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia, movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details. More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos' picture was already up on the wall. Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's, Rappaport's Reality, Reality Podcast. Podcast. 
have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast.